Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And my next guest is one of the best in the business at chronicling it. And I'm going to let him decide where we're going to go first. From CBSSports.com, our very own lead college basketball writer and bracketologist, Jerry Palm joins me on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Jeff? I'm all right. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much for uh, hopping aboard with us. Would you prefer to talk about what's transpiring on the courts these days in college basketball, or do we want to start with what happened on the sidelines in Madison, Wisconsin today? Oh, let's start there, I guess. Okay. Um, (laughs) We can either get that out of the way and then talk about what's going on, or we got to get back to it a little bit later. So let's start there. Uh, everybody's seen that. Well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most people have probably seen the video by now. Uh, Wisconsin, pretty. On a plane. Were you it's, on a plane with the game on your on your phone? No, I no. I actually saw the. I didn't. I wasn't watching the game. I was just. You know, my Twitter feed was going nuts, and so I found the highlights and got to see it there. Hey, there you go. All right, understood. Um, and so you've seen it. Most others have seen a college basketball fan surely by this point. Uh, Wisconsin put a pretty good beat down on Michigan, had a big lead. Uh, Michigan decided to try and stay in the game when it was pretty obvious that the game was over. Um, Wisconsin took a timeout with under a minute to go and a double-digit lead. Seconds, but, I think. Yeah, understood. Uh, but the coach was not happy with the fact that his team didn't know how to handle Michigan's press and had turned the ball over a couple times. Um, don't know if it merited the anger that Coach Howard displayed at the end of the game on the handshake no. line saying, we'll remember those timeouts. Uh, yeah. The coach tried to talk to him about it. Coach uh, Guard did. Uh, may have grabbed his elbow in doing so. And somehow yeah. this, according to Coach Howard, set off a melee, which included him throwing a slap yeah. punch at a Michigan yeah. assistant. Yeah. How ugly is this? Pretty ugly. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it, any of us in any of our jobs would totally get fired for that. It, would, it wouldn't even be a debate. I'm not saying they're going to fire Juwan Howard because athletics operates under a different set of standards, for lack of a better word. Um, but, you know, he should get a lengthy suspension, and this is not his first incident with trying to get at another coach. I mean, that's the thing. It's, you know, I, I've been around. I'm an old guy. So I watched all of the Bob Knight, Gene Cady, the greatest theater probably in college basketball back then. You know, th- those games were nuts. And the intensity was off the charts. And Gene Cady's going nuts. And Bob Knight's losing his mind. And nobody ever thought anybody would throw a punch. You know? I mean, the players might because they're players. But the coaches? No, nobody's throwing a punch. 
you know, but Jawan Howard, you know, less than 12 months ago, okay, a few weeks less than 12 months ago, had to be restrained by his staff from going after Mark Turgeon in the uh, Big Ten tournament again in Maryland, which, you know, he was ejected but not suspended uh, for that. And now he's going after Greg Gard and, um, was it Kravenhorst, the, the Wisconsin assistant? It, you know, at some point, you've got to be the adult in the room. You know, you could be mad, you can yell, whatever, get angry, at, you know, but you can't take a swing at somebody. That's just nuts. You know, a guard, you know, like you said, he kind of grabbed his elbow because he wanted to say something to him, so he's trying to slow him down. And, you know, he grabs his shirt. And then, and then he, you know, he, I don't know what grabbing horse said, but then all of a sudden he's, he's taking a swing at him. You can't do that. You can't do that. The players might do that once in a while, and they can't do it either. But, you know, they're young men, you know, that's, they, they're still learning how to be adults. You're supposed to be the role model, and you're not, and that's ridiculous. And he should get a lengthy suspension, and he should probably seek help to deal with anger management issues because he clearly has some anger management issues. He, he can't control himself, and that's just, that's just not going to work. You, you're not going to stay employed as a basketball coach very long if you can't figure that out. Don't take this as an explanation and or an excuse. I'm just trying to spitball here and see if we can come up with some reason why Juwan Howard would do something like this. He's a former superstar player at Michigan. Fairly well removed from that. Uh, Pretty damn good NBA player. Don't know that I would go to star level, but a guy who stuck around a decade plus. Pretty good, too. Um, Is it that he just doesn't have that player mentality and competitiveness out of his system that he can't resign himself to a coach has to be different, behave different, that he still fancies himself a player while sitting on the bench. How did he, how did he behave in the, I don't remember. I don't watch a lot of NBA because my job gets in the way. So I remember Juwan Howard being a good player. I don't remember him throwing punches at anybody in the NBA as a player or as a coach, you know, He's a coach in the league, uh, assistant coach, but still, you know, well regarded as a coach. And I don't remember him throwing punches at anybody. So something has gotten into him where you know he he's got to go after other coaches. You know that's that's just kind of an odd thing. You know that he takes such offense that he's that he's taking a swing, he's charging at other coaches and taking swings at them. And that's just that that's just that's him. That's not the, the whatever background he came from. That's not right. And if this background had something to do with it, then he's got to learn how to how to manage that. And if it's not whatever it is, it, he can't do that. That that just that can't happen. We're talking to Jerry Pumps, VBSSports.com, league college basketball writer and bracketologist, and we will get to the brackets with Jerry in just a couple. Um, general guesstimation here. Rest of the regular season, rest of the season, how big a suspension are we looking at? Um, you kind of hinted that you don't think it will cost him his job, nor do I. So you and I are on the same page there. We're not saying that if they decided to fire him, either one of them would come to his defense and go, oh, my God, they're mistreating him and overestimate. No, I'd say, all right, well, that's your call. But yeah. neither one of us but think we, that's we going to happen. Fired too. <laughs> you, know? you, you, you put that out there. and I In the office, we'd, we'd all get fired. 
I think um, it shortly would cost me my job, and if you say it'll cost yours too, I'm going to take you at yeah. your word. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. do you think the punishment is going to be? Uh, it should be a lengthy suspension. You know, the regular season's got three games left. Maybe maybe Michigan's got four. Um, they they're fourteen and eleven overall, so they can't have too many games left. Uh, plus, you know, the conference tournament. Uh, now I you know I don't know, but. You know, he needs some time to, to cool his heels. I I would handle it, you know, differently probably than anyone else because, you know, I just think differently, I think. But I would I would suspend him indefinitely and say that you'll get back on the court when you've gotten a little bit of counseling here and okay. learn to deal with this because um, we can't have this happen again. So it's a perfect... That's not what they're going to do. Okay, you think yeah, it'll be less than that? Do. You don't think it'll be indefinite? You think it'll be a certain number of games and you don't expect yeah. it to be as it'll big be as you plural. would? It'll be plural, um, but it won't be, uh, you know, he'll he'll be back by probably tournament times. Maybe the Fair big enough. tournament or the NCAA, or postseason tournament, whatever they're in, because they're no sure thing for the NCAA. That's where I was going to next. Thank you very much for taking me there. Uh, I do want to talk to you about the field of 68 and whatever else, but why don't we start with one team, Michigan, who got beat pretty badly today. You know their record. I think you had them in your last uh, mock as a on-the-bubble team. Yeah, does, does Does Howard's behavior affect the way the, 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 the tournament committee looks at them? No. Will they be no. less of a 10, more of a 10? Will they bend no. over backwards to try and not have it affect no. them? How do they no. handle it? That, that they, don't have to, they don't have to deal with that. That's not even part of the game. You know, that's, you know, the... Right, the but let me, let me, let, let me, uh, hold on, let me interrupt and, and make a point, and if you want to just dismiss it, dismiss it. Have we not seen the tournament before? Factor in injuries when players are oh, out sure. of the lineup. Well, yeah. a coach not being there also can be considered somewhat similar to that. So wouldn't the committee say, well, if Howard is suspended indefinitely, Jerry Palm hit it right on the head, and we don't know that he's going to be back from the tournament, Michigan isn't as good a team, and if they're on the bubble, could that cost them a, a bid? No. So okay. the, the, the committee does consider player availability. And they do consider coach availability. So, you know, all of those things matter. But what they're not going to do is say Michigan would have won games that they lost at the end of this season that Jawan Howard didn't coach. They're not going to pretend they didn't happen, right? They lose a game, they lose a game. And if their resume is not good enough to get picked, the fact that Jawan Howard wasn't coach at the end of the season means they're not going to get picked, you know. Or if he was coaching and the resume is not good enough to get picked, they're not going to get picked. They have to earn it on the on the floor, regardless of who's there. And then that kind of stuff has more to do with seating. But even then, it's not going to affect you as much as you think, and you might not even notice. So, so yes, it's a thing, but it's not nearly as big a thing as people think. It's it's really not much of a thing at all. But if Michigan does have a resume good enough to get picked, and Jawan Howard is not coaching the team in the NCAA tournament then one of the things that they would do is they would put slightly more weight on how Michigan played without Jawan Howard coaching him versus before. And that's how they deal with players the same way. They, they'll, they'll, they'll look at how you did with the roster you're taking into the tournament and put a little more weight on that when it comes to seeding, not selection, when it comes to seeding, 
and put a little more weight on that, maybe, you know, how that team performed, the one that's going to be in the tournament versus the rest of the season, you know, when they had other other players on the roster. And that's, you know, good or bad. You know, guys have come back or guys have gone out. So, you know, it's but it doesn't really impact you much because everybody's got roster problems. So, you know, it's, it, it, it just, it, you're, it's something you're probably not even going to notice unless you have a Kenyon Martin thing, you know, where he got hurt in the conference tournament. They were the number one team in the country. He was the player of the year nationally, and they ended up a two seed. You know, so unless you have a remarkable circumstance like that and the coach is not, then, you know, it's really it's not something you're going to notice, and Michigan's going to have to earn it whether he's coaching them or not. Now we can agree. A coach is significant, but not as significant as star players. All right, Jay Pond, let's talk about uh, the field of 68. NCAA committee came out with their peek behind the curtain yesterday and rolled out their top four seeds in each of the conferences. Anything surprise you? Regions. Regions, excuse me. What did I say? Conferences. My bad. Thank you. So do you? were you surprised by any of it? Um, not really. I had the same 16 teams and the same number one seeds. So, you know, there's a little bit of shuffling among some of the others. So nothing too terribly surprising. Um, they, uh, they seem to put some emphasis on head-to-head, uh, more than I, I guess I really thought, but only if the teams were next to each other on the, on the you know, the 1-16 to list. So Kentucky, who beat Kansas – was six and Kansas was four, right? Even though Kentucky beat them by about a thousand in Kansas, right? <laughs> the blowout win there. So, but because Baylor was in between when they when they came up with their original list, they didn't feel like they could put Kentucky ahead of Baylor just to put them ahead of Kansas, right? So, okay. but there was another place um, where there were two teams that I forget now which two it were that had played each other. And, oh, it was Tennessee and Texas, or uh, Tennessee and Texas Tech. And they were 11 and 12, and Texas Tech was 11 because they had beaten Tennessee. So head-to-head ended up being a separator because they were right next to each other. So that was interesting to me because I never thought head-to-head was that important. I knew it was, you know, a thing, but I didn't realize it could be that decisive otherwise. All right, so let's talk about what is important. And we know that over the years, like you, I'm no spring chicken. I remember when uh, there weren't 60, uh, 80, 68 or 64 teams in the NCAA tournament many years ago. Um, it is now derided and decided by analytics, something that you've actually had a little bit of a stake it's in. Actually not decided by analytics. You don't think so? I'm telling you, it's not. Um if all you've got is a good net ranking and your resume, the resume doesn't match it, they don't question the resume. They question the ranking. They don't, they don't ever at any point compare net rankings or Ken Palm rankings or anything and make a decision based on that, ever. That's never decisive. It's not nearly as important as people think. Your net ranking is important, or not your net ranking. I mean, it's, it's not nothing, but it's, they're not going to make a decision based on your net ranking, but the net ranking of your opponents is really important because that's how they decide which quadrants they go into. And when they're looking at quadrant one games and quadrant two games, that's decided by the net ranking of your opponents. That's what the net's for. So the other metrics, 
I don't want to say they're window dressing because obviously they're on the team sheet, so they must look at it, but they're never decisive. They're not basing decisions based on metrics. Fair enough. If it's not as direct, it kind of comes in through the back door the way you just described. All right, fine. Uh, Let me use another phrase, see if you like this one or you want to dismiss this one. Eye test. How much of the committee's eye test abilities, what they watch, what they saw, that isn't attached to sometimes kind of a number or ranking, how much does that play in deciding who gets in, who doesn't get in, and what the uh, seedings are going to be like? Um, I would say that that's not nothing, but it's also not primary. Um, the results are going to be the results at some point, and but you know they do watch a lot of games, and it's a subjective process, and people are going to. You know, but over 35 games or whatever, your eye test is going to be good on some days and not so good on others. Even in games you win, you may not look good. You just get through it and you win. So, you know, it's you can't get too excited about that. You know, the, the shiny object that you're viewing because, you know, you really have to get into the full season uh, and not get carried away with something like that. Um, but, yeah, so that's that, – it can be a factor, but it's not really a strong factor. I've said this a couple times over the last few weeks, and I'll explain to if I to you if I have to. Uh, it's not meant to be a bad thing. It's just meant to be a Jody Mack thing. I think to myself, who are the teams that I think can win the championship? I said it this past week. I said last week. I said the weekend before. And a month in a row straight of weekends, I've said, you know, I don't know. That just when I'm ready to say, all right, Auburn's better than anybody else, they get picked off, and they lose again yeah. yesterday. And I think that Kansas, well, Kansas is the best team. They've got the best coach, and they've got a uh, superstar player. The K- Kentucky goes in and beats them by 25 points. But then Kentucky turns around and gets housed by Tennessee three days later. I got no idea. Jerry, like you, I've been doing this a while, and I usually have a pretty good grasp, and I can uh, pick out a two or three or four teams go, well, these are better than most of the rest, not necessarily the best. But right. everybody's beating everybody this year. How do yeah. you come up with these one C two T? Am I missing something as to uh, no. who is the baddest man on the block in college basketball? Well, if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick Gonzaga. Um, but we haven't seen them play high-quality opposition in a while. They, their league is, is having a great year. The West Coast Conference is having a really good year. They've got three other potential NCAA tournament teams in that league that are middle of the bracket to the bottom of the bracket, but still, you know, decent teams. And, and a fourth one in Santa Clara that's, you know, a good NIT-quality team. They're, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament, but they're still good. So, you know, the, the league is better this year for Gonzaga, but they're not getting those top 25 matchups that, you know, everybody in these bigger conferences are getting. Uh, they're just laying waste to that league still. <laughs> it doesn't matter how good they are, the, the other teams. Gonzaga's laying waste. So you've got to say that's one of those teams. And I would still say, despite the loss yesterday, Auburn is one of those teams. Uh, I'm not 100% convinced the Pac-12 teams are. Uh, which is not to say that Arizona's overseeded. They've earned that. Um, but uh, I'm not 100% convinced. Arizona did win at Illinois, though, and that's a, that's a pretty good win. Um, they, uh, Kansas, Baylor, if Baylor's healthy, which they're not going to be fully healthy, but if they're healthy enough to, to play well down the stretch of this season, then you have to include them. Uh, Kentucky, if they're healthy. It, it's certainly good enough, but their, the health of their guards has been an issue. 
it seems like most of the season, but it probably hasn't been most. But it is again right now. So you know, it's, when you're talking about winning six games, uh, and then Purdue because they're so good offensively, uh, and they have a matchup nightmare in the post, uh, is probably good enough if they either play well enough defense or just shoot so well it doesn't matter. So you know, that's Purdue's defense is not elite, and that could be a problem for them if they get into a grinder with somebody. Uh, but if their shots are falling, boy, they're tough to beat, and they're fun to watch. Give me, let me get a uh, specific Gonzaga question in here. Uh, again, okay. um, like last year, running through the season undefeated, uh, it didn't have an effect on them last year, but there have been years where I wondered, you know, are they just prepped to come into the NCAA tournament? They'll have a good uh, December schedule with a tournament or two maybe in the January, but then it's all straight through to their conference, which they lap over, and their conference tournament, which they lap over, and then boom, even like this year, there'll be a 116, so they'll walk through their first-round opponent. But then in game two, you're facing the eight or the nine. That might be better than anybody else in your conference. And if you find a way to win that one, all right, now you're in the the region semifinals. You're almost guaranteed to be playing a team that was any better than any other team you've played in the last couple of months. How much does playing in their conference, and you already said better this year than most, but still not a major conference, how much does it make it more difficult for them to run the table? I don't know that it does, actually. I mean, their conference wasn't as good last year. It didn't affect them. They've been to two championship games now and you know their conference has still been their conference so you know it's i don't think it affects them i think that's because they play good games in november and december they want to see that level of competition during the season but they can't do it in january and february so they go out and get those games in november and december and and that's by the way a main reason why they don't care how you do at the end of the year anymore or who you're playing at the end of the year anymore because Teams like Gonzaga have to prove themselves earlier in the season, so those games still count just as much as January and February, and that's why. So I don't, it doesn't seem to have affected them. You know, they've made two Final Fours and two championship games and have come up short, you know, in those championship games. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's because, you know, their league is uh, not as good as some of these other leagues. It's just, you know, their team hasn't been able to put six in a row together. But they've had the talent to do it, and they've had the talent to do it again this year. And Baylor stepped up big against them in that championship play. It wasn't that Gonzaga played badly. It was that Baylor no, no, played they, out of their Baylor mind. had a magic day. Yep, <laughs> that you was, got that, that right. Was an incredible performance. Sometimes you just got to shake the other team's hand. That <laughs> uh, was your day. Speaking of incredible performances, thank you for yours here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, I know you'll be bracketing your life away. You can check them out on CBSSports.com as we get that much closer to the big dance. Uh, Hectic couple weeks for you, Jerry. Enjoy. We appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Sure, anytime. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.